Psalm 33, Second Discourse of Exposition on the Book of Psalms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo. Translated by Philip Schaff. Psalm 33, Discourse the Second. On the second part of the psalm, both in preaching and hearing the word of truth is labor, and this labor, my brethren, we bear with patience, if we remember the Lord's sentence and our condition. For from the very first beginning of our race hath man heard, and that not from man that deceiveth, nor from the devil that seduceth, but from truth itself out of the mouth of God, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat thy bread. Therefore, if our bread is the word of God, let us sweat in hearing, lest we die in fasting. A few verses of the first part of this psalm, at the solemnity of the vigil lately past, were handled. Let us hear what remaineth. Now thus begins the part which remaineth, which but now we sang. Verse 5. The earth is full of the mercy of the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm. For it is the same thing. By the voice of the Lord were the heavens established. He had said above, Sing skillfully unto him with jubilation, that is, sing ineffably. Verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are in faith. He promiseth nothing which he payeth not. He that is faithful is made a debtor. Be thou a covetous exactor. Then when he had said, All his works are done in faith, he added, Wherefore? Verse 5. He loveth mercy and judgment. He then who loveth mercy pitieth. But he who pitieth, can he promise and not give, who could give though he promise not? Therefore, because he loveth mercy, it behooveth him to afford that which he promiseth, and because he loveth judgment, it behooveth him to exact what he gave. Wherefore, said the Lord himself to a certain servant, Wherefore gavest thou not the money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? Which therefore we mention, that we may understand what we have but now heard. For the same Lord saith in another place, in the gospel, I judge no man, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him at the last day. Nor let him excuse himself, who will not hear, lest haply there be aught which may be required of him. For that very thing is required of him, that he would not receive when it was given. For it is one thing not to be able to receive, another not to be willing. There is the excuse of necessity, here the guilt of willfulness. Therefore all his works are done in faith. He loveth mercy and judgment. Receive ye mercy, and fear judgment, lest he, when he cometh to require of you, so require as to send you empty away. For he requireth an account, the account rendered, he giveth eternity. Receive ye therefore mercy. Brethren, let us all receive it. Let none of us slumber in receiving, lest he be wakened untimely, to give account. Receive ye mercy, so God crieth unto us, as in time of famine it would be said, Receive corn. Which when thou heardest in time of famine, truly by the very spur of necessity, goaded thou wouldest run, turning thee this way and that way. Thou wouldest ask, whence thou couldst receive that of which it was said, Receive ye, and when thou hadst found, 
How wouldst thou contain thyself? What delay wouldst thou interpose? So even now it is said, Receive ye mercy, for he loveth mercy and judgment. When thou hast received, use it well, that thou mayst give a good account. When his judgment cometh, who now sheweth unto thee mercy beforehand in this famine. I would not then that thou shouldest say unto me, Whence receive I? Whither go I? Remember what thou hast sung. The earth is full of the mercy of the Lord. Where is not the gospel now preached? Where is the word of the Lord silent? Where doth salvation not work? It needs but that thou be willing to receive. The barns are full. This very fullness and abundance waited not for thee coming, but unto thee sleeping came of themselves. It was not said, Let the nations arise and come into one place, but the same were preached unto the nations where they were, that thenceforward the prophecy might be fulfilled which saith, And men shall worship him, every one from his place. The earth is full of the mercy of the Lord. What of the heavens? Hear what of the heavens. For they want not mercy, where there is no misery. On earth aboundeth the misery of man, more aboundeth the mercy of the Lord. With the misery of man the earth is full, and with the mercy of the Lord the earth is full. The heavens, then, in which is no misery, because they want not mercy, do they not want the Lord? All things want the Lord, both the miserable and the happy. Without him is not the miserable man lifted up, without him is not the happy governed. Therefore, lest haply thou shouldest ask concerning the heavens, when thou hast heard, the earth is full of the mercy of the Lord, hear how the heavens also want the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm. For neither of themselves were the heavens a support unto themselves, nor did they of themselves bestow on themselves their own firmness. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm, and all the strength of them by the breath of his mouth. It was not that they had somewhat from themselves, and received as it were a supplement from the Lord, but by the breath of his mouth was made not a part, but all the strength of them. See now, my brethren, the works of the Son and the Holy Spirit are the same, for it ought not to be negligently passed over by reason of certain unrighteous discerners and troublesome confounders, for out of both cometh evil. They confound by ill-discerning the creature with the Creator, and when the Spirit of God is the Creator, reckon him among the creatures. Again they discern, and yet confound. May they be so confounded that they may be converted. Hear now how the work of the Son and of the Spirit is one. The Word is certainly the Son of God, and the breath of his mouth is the Holy Spirit. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm. But what is it to be made firm, but to have a sure and firm strength? And all the strength of them, by the breath of his mouth, it might have been said thus, By the breath of his mouth were the heavens made firm, and, by the word of the Lord, all the strength of them. For what is all the strength of them? that is, were made firm. This then doth the Son and the Holy Spirit. Is it without the Father? Who then acteth by his word and his Spirit, but he whose is the word and whose is the Spirit? This Trinity, then, is one God. Him worshipeth he who knoweth how to worship. Him hath he everywhere who hath converted himself. For he is not sought by them that are averted from him, but averted himself calleth them, that converted he may fill them. Now, my brethren, accepting those superior heavens, unknown to us on earth, laboring and seeking after them, as we may by human conjectures, accepting then those heavens, concerning which, 
how they be one above another, and how many they be, or in what manner they be distinguished, with what inhabitants they be filled, with what order they be ruled, how therein one hymn unfailing chanted in concert by all glorifieth God. It is much for us to find out, yet do we toil to arrive thither. For there is our country, which perhaps through our long travel we have forgotten, for our voice is in that psalm, Woe is me, that my travel is prolonged. Concerning those heavens, then, it is both for me difficult, if not impossible, to discourse and for you to understand. Whoever in these things in understanding preventeth me, let him enjoy that whither he hath first arrived, and pray for me that I may follow. Meanwhile, excepting those heavens I have whereon now to discourse, as best I may, those heavens that are nearest to us, the sacred apostles of God, the preachers of the word of truth, by which heavens we are watered, that so, through the whole world, the wheat of the church may spring up, although with the tares, now drinking one common rain, but not to have one common garner. When then it had been said, The earth is full of the mercy of the Lord, as if thou hadst asked, Whence is the earth made full of the mercy of the Lord? First were the heavens sent to scatter the mercy of the Lord over the earth, and that too over the whole earth. For see what is elsewhere said concerning the heavens themselves. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. What are the heavens, that is, the firmament? Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night sheweth knowledge. There is no cessation, no silence. But where have they preached, and how far have they preached? There is no speech, nor language, where their voice is not heard. But this relateth to that, that they spake in the tongues of all men in one place. Speaking in the tongues of all men, they fulfilled that which was said, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. But I ask, that same voice in the tongues of all men, how far hath it reached? What places hath it filled? Hear then what follows. Their sound is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Of whom, but of those heavens that declare the glory of God? If then their sound hath gone out into all the earth, and their words to the end of the world, what they have preached to us, let him declare who sent them. He declareth plainly, faithfully he declareth, because even before they came to pass, he predicted that they would be. He, all whose works are in faith, for he rose again from the dead, and after handling of his limbs, being recognized of his disciples, he said, it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise again the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Whence and how far? Among all nations, saith he, beginning at Jerusalem. But what mercy do we expect, my brethren, more abundant from the Lord, than that our sins be forgiven? Since then that is the great mercy of the Lord, the remission of sins. This remission of sins also hath the Lord predicted should be preached among all nations, the earth is full of the mercy of the Lord. Wherewith is the earth full? With the mercy of the Lord. Wherefore? Because everywhere God forgiveth sins, because he hath sent the heavens to water the earth. And how dared those same heavens to go with confidence of weak men to be made heavens, except that by the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm? Whence could sheep among wolves have such strength, except that by the breath of his mouth were all the strength of them? Behold, saith he, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. O Lord most merciful, 
surely thou dost this, that the earth may be full of thy mercy. If then thou art so merciful as to fill the earth with thy mercy, see whom thou sendest, see whither thou sendest, whither, I say, thou sendest, and whom thou sendest, sheep into the midst of wolves. If one wolf be sent into the midst of innumerable sheep, who resisteth him? What doth he not overthrow, unless it happen that he is soon satisfied? For he could devour all. Sendest thou the weak among the savage? I send them, saith he, because they are become heavens to water the earth. Whence can weak men be heavens? But all the strength of them by the breath of his mouth. Behold, the wolves shall take you, and deliver, and give you up to powers for my name's sake. Now arm ye yourselves with your own strength? Far be it. Take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of the Father which speaketh in you, for all the strength of them by the breath of his mouth. These things were done, the apostles were sent, they endured pressures. Do we now bear as great to hear this word as they to sow it? No. Will then, brethren, our labor be unfruitful? No. I see your thronging together, but ye also see my sweat. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Behold, those things are come to pass. From those sheep sent into the midst of wolves, we celebrate also the martyr's memories. This very place, when the body of a blessed martyr was smitten, was then full of wolves. So many wolves were overcome by one sheep captured, and the place was filled with sheep by one sheep slain. Then raged the sea with great waves of persecutors, into a dry land, and thirsty went the heaven of God. But now, through those things which they suffered, who broke the enemy's line, in the name of Christ glorified, walking over the heads of swelling waters, it hath occupied even powers themselves. And because those things are come to pass, they also who now see, not yet believing, our conventicles, our celebrations, our solemnities, the praises now openly, now publicly offered to our God, think ye that they grieve not, think ye that they do not rave? But now is fulfilled that which is written of them, the wicked shall see it, and shall be enraged. What then, though he be enraged? Fear not the wolf, O sheep, fear not now their threats and raving. He is enraged, but what followeth? He shall gnash with his teeth, and melt away. Because then the salt sea water which hath remained dares not now to rage against Christians, but grinds to itself a secret murmur, and within the mortal skin roars the confined saltness. See what follows. Verse 7. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as into a bottle. Since then, before, the sea having its waves three raged, but now being confined within mortal breasts is bitter. He, who in those saints was victorious, who then set bounds to the sea, he hath caused that its waves returning into themselves should be abated. He hath gathered as into a bottle the waters of the sea, the mortal skin covereth bitter thought. For fearing for their own skin, men keep within that which they dare not to utter. For their bitterness is the same. They hate as much, they detest as much. But what then raged openly, now rageth secretly? What else can I say than that which is spoken? He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. Let the church then go on, let it walk forward. The way is made, our highway is paved for us by the emperor. Let us be fervent in our journeys of good work, for this it is for us to walk on. 
and if ever arise pressures of temptations whence we expected them not the waters of the sea being now gathered together as into a bottle let us understand that the lord doth this for discipline that he may shake out of us too confident a security in temporal things and direct us to the kingdom which compose desire which desire by tribulations buffeting on this side and on that is lengthened out so that we become tuneful to the ears of the lord like ductile trumpets for this also is said in the psalms that we should praise god on ductile trumpets a ductile trumpet is enlarged by the hammer so the christian heart by the blows of pressures is enlarged towards god let us remember then brethren now at this time in which the water of the sea has been gathered as into a bottle that there is not wanting to god whence he may bring forth somewhat wherewith to amend us when we have need of amendment for therefore it follows he layeth up the deep in storehouses the secrets of god he calleth god's storehouses he knoweth the hearts of all what to bring forth at any time whence to bring it forth what power to bestow upon the evil over the good to judge indeed the evil but to instruct the good he knoweth how to do these things who layeth up the deep in storehouses let that then come to pass which followeth verse eight let all the earth fear the lord let not proud rejoicing glory with rash exultation saying now is the water of the sea gathered together as into a bottle who can do anything to me who will dare to hurt me knowest thou not that he hath laid up the deep in storehouses knowest thou not whence he bringeth forth what is needful to scourge thee who is thy father he indeed for thy discipline keepeth the treasures of the deep wherewith he may instruct thee unto the treasures of the heavens therefore return thou unto fear who wast going but now into security let the earth rejoice but let it also fear let it rejoice wherefore because the earth is full of the mercy of the lord let it fear wherefore because he hath so gathered into a bottle the waters of the sea as to lay up the deep in storehouses in it then come these things to pass both of which elsewhere are briefly spoken of serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling let all the earth fear the lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him let them not fear another instead of him of him let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe doth a wild beast rage fear god doth a serpent lie in wait fear god doth man hate thee fear god doth the devil fight against thee fear god for the whole creation is under him whom thou art commanded to fear verse nine for he spake and they were made he commanded and they were created this followeth in the psalm for when he had said let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him lest man should betake himself to fearing anything else and being averse to the fear of god should fear some creature instead of him and worship that which was made leaving him who made it he confirmed us in the fear of god as it were speaking to us and addressing us why wilt thou fear aught in heaven aught in earth aught in the sea he spake and they were made commanded it and they were created when he who spake and they were made who commanded and they were created when he bids they move when he bids they rest the malice of men can have the desire of injuring for its own but the power if he giveth not hath it not 
for there is no power but of god it is the definitive sentence of the apostle he said not there is no desire but of god for there is an evil desire which is not of god but because that evil desire hurteth none if he permit not there is no power saith he but of god wherefore god as man standing before a man said thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above the one judged the other taught when he was being judged he taught that he might judge those whom he had taught thou couldst have said he no power at all against me except it were given thee from above what is this hath man only no power except when he hath received it from above what dared even the devil himself to take one sheep from holy job without first saying put forth thine hand now that is give me power he was willing but he suffered not when he permitted he had the power therefore had not he the power but he who permitted him therefore job himself also being well instructed said not as i have already often observed unto you the lord gave and the devil hath taken away but the lord gave and the lord hath taken away whatsoever the lord pleased that did he not whatsoever the devil pleased see then my brethren who with such labour eat wholesome and useful bread see that ye fear not any one but the lord beside him that thou fear no other scripture commandeth thee therefore let all the earth fear the lord who layeth up the depth in storehouses of him let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe for he spake and they were made he commanded and they were created but now have evil kings ceased they are made good they too have believed the sign of christ's cross now bear they in their forehead a sign more precious than any jewel of a diadem they who raged are destroyed but who hath done this haply thou that thou mayst extol thyself verse ten the lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught he maketh the devices of the people of none effect and reproveth the counsels of princes while they said let us away with them from off the earth the christian name will no longer be if we do this thus be they slain thus tortured be such and such things inflicted on them these things were said and amid these did the church grow he maketh the devices of the people of none effect and reproveth the counsels of princes verse eleven the counsel of the lord standeth for ever the thoughts of his heart to all generations it is a repetition of the same sentence what before he called the counsel he calleth afterwards the thoughts of his heart and whereas above he saith standeth for ever so afterwards he saith to all generations repetition is confirmation but think not brethren because he said the thoughts of his heart that god as it were sitteth down and thinketh what he should do and taketh counsel to do any thing or not do any thing to thee o man belongs such tardiness his word runneth very swiftly when can there be delay of thought in that word which is one and embraceth all things but the thoughts of god are spoken of that thou mayest understand that according to what is in thee thou mayest dare to lift up thy heart even to words suited in thine infirmity because the thing itself is too much for thee the thoughts of his heart to all generations what are the thoughts of his heart and what is the counsel of the lord which standeth for ever against which counsel why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing 
since the Lord maketh the devices of the people of none effect, and reproveth the counsel of princes. How then standeth for ever the counsel of the Lord, except it be concerning us, whom hath first foreknown and predestined, who taketh away the predestination of God? Before the creation of the world he saw us, he made us, he healed us, he sent unto us, he redeemed us. This his counsel standeth for ever, these his thoughts to all generations. Then raged the heathen, openly swelling and roaring. Now let them melt away, as it were confined and gathered into a bottle. They had free boldness. Let them now have fierce and bitter thoughts. When can they destroy that which he hath thought of, and which standeth forever? But what is this? Blessed is the nation. Who is there that hearing this doth not rouse himself? For all love blessedness, and therein are men perverse, that wicked they would be, miserable they would not. And though misery is the inseparable companion of wickedness, they perversely not only would be wicked, and would not be miserable, which is impossible, but therefore would they be wicked, lest they be miserable. What is this that I have said? Therefore would they be wicked, lest they be miserable. Observe this now in all men who do evil, they ever wish to be blessed. One stealest, dost thou ask, why? From hunger, from necessity. Therefore, lest he should be miserable, he is wicked, and therefore is he the more miserable, because he is wicked. For the sake, then, of driving away misery, and of acquiring blessedness, do all men whatever either of good or evil they do. Always, then, they wish to be blessed, whether living ill or living well, they wish to be blessed, and that happeneth not to all, which all wish to happen to them. For all would be blessed, but there shall not any be, except they who will be righteous. And lo, some one, though he doth evil, would be blessed. Whereby? By money, by silver and gold, by estates, by lands, by houses, by slaves, by the pomp of the world, by honor fleeting and perishable, by having something would men be blessed. Ask then what thou shouldest have, that thou mayst be blessed. For when thou shalt be blessed, thou wilt surely be better than when thou wast miserable. But it cannot be that anything worse than thyself should make thee better. Thou art a man. Worse than thou is whatever thou covetest, whereby thou desirest to be blessed. Gold, silver, any other bodies which thou gapest to acquire, to possess, to enjoy, are inferior to thee. Thou art better, thou art worthier, and surely thou wouldest be better than thou art, since thou wouldest be blessed, because thou art miserable. For it is surely better to be blessed than to be miserable. Thou wouldest be better than thyself, and thou seekest, thou searchest out, wherewith thou mayest become so, things worse than thyself. Whatever thou hast desired on earth is worse than thou. This every man wisheth for his friend, thus he adjureth him, so mayest thou be better, so may we see thee better, so let us rejoice in thee being better. What one wisheth for his friend, this he would also for himself. Except then a faithful counsel. Thou wouldst be better than thyself. I know it. We all know it. We all wish it. Seek then what is better than thyself, that thereby thou mayest be rendered better than thyself. Consider now the heavens and the earth. Let not beautiful bodies so please thee, that by them thou wish to be blessed. In the soul is what thou seekest, for thou wouldst be blessed. Inquire thou what is better than thy soul itself. 
For since there are two things, that is, soul and body, because of these two, that is the better, which is called the soul, therefore can thy body be made better by the better, because the body is subject to the soul. The body then can be made better by thy soul, so that when thy soul shall be righteous, thy body also may hereafter be immortal. For through the illumination of the soul, the body merits incorruption, that through the better there may be a reparation of the worse. If then thy body's good be thy soul, because it is better than thy body, when thou seekest thine own good, seek that which is better than thy soul. But what is thy soul? Beware, lest haply, despising thy soul, and thinking that it is something vile and worthless, thou shouldest seek things more vile, wherewith thy soul may be made blessed. For thy soul is the image of God, the mind of man containeth it. It received it, and by inclining unto sin disfigured it. The same came unto it as the reformer, who was before the former of it. For by the word were all things made, and by the word was this image impressed. The word himself came, that we might hear from an apostle, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now then it remaineth that thou seek what is better than thy soul. What shall that be, I pray thee, but thy God? Thou findest no other better than thy soul. For when thy nature shall be perfected, it will be equaled with the angels. Now is there nothing higher save the Creator. Lift up thyself unto him, despair not, say not, it is too much for me. Rather, it is too much for thee to have, it may be gold which thou seekest. Gold, though thou wouldest haply, thou wilt not have. God, when thou wouldest, thou shalt have. For even before thou wouldest, he came unto thee, and when thou wast in will averted, he called thee, and when thou wast converted, he frightened thee, and when frightened, thou didst confess, he consoled thee. He who hath given thee all things, he who hath caused that thou shouldest be, who to those also who are with thee, even the wicked, giveth the sun, giveth rain, giveth fruits, fountains, life, health, so many consolations, he keepeth for thee something which he giveth not save to thee. But what is that which he keepeth for thee but himself? Ask somewhat else, if thou hast found better. God keepeth himself for thee. Thou covetous, why longest thou after heaven and earth? Better is he who made heaven and earth. Him shalt thou see, him shalt thou have. Why seekest thou that which a villa should be thine, and passing by it sayest, Blessed is he whose is that possession? How many say this, who pass by it, and yet when they have so said, and pass by it, though they can shake the head and sigh, can they also possess it? Everywhere thou soundeth covetous, soundeth iniquity, but thou shalt not covet anything which is thy neighbor's. Blessed whose is that villa, whose is that house, whose is that field? Restrain iniquity, hear the truth. Blessed is the nation whose, whose what? Thou knowest already what I am about to say. Therefore, desire that ye may have, then indeed shall ye be blessed. With this alone shall ye be blessed, by a better thing than yourselves, ye shall be made better. It is God that is better than thou, even he, I say, who made thee. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. This desire, this possess, this when thou wilt, thou shalt have, this thou shalt have for nothing. Verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord the Lord our God, for of whom is he not God, not surely of all in the same manner, ours is he more, 
ours who live by him as by our bread let him be our inheritance our possession do we happily speak rashly in making god our possession when he is the lord when he is the creator this is not rashness it is the affection of desire it is the sweetness of hope let the soul say all secure let it say thou art my god who saith to my soul i am thy salvation let it so say secure let it say it will do no wrong when so it saith nay it will do wrong if it say not wouldst thou have trees whereby thou mightest be blessed hear the scriptures speaking of wisdom she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her see he hath said that wisdom is our possession but lest thou shouldest think that wisdom because scripture hath called it thy possession to be something inferior to thee it goes on and adds and to them that lean upon her as on the lord she is safe see thy lord is made unto thee as a staff securely man leaneth because he faileth not say then securely this is thy possession to them that lay hold upon her scripture hath said hath filled up thy doubts with confidence speak securely love securely hope securely thine also be those words in the psalm the lord is the portion of mine inheritance therefore by this shall we be blessed by possessing god what then shall we possess him and will not he possess us whence then isaias lord possess us therefore he possesseth us and is possessed and all for our sakes for not as he that we may be blessed in him is possessed by us not so doth he also that he may be blessed possess us he both possesseth and is possessed for nothing else than that we may be blessed we possess him and he possesseth us because we attend on him and he attendeth on us we attend on him as our lord god he attendeth on us as his own possession that we attend on him none doubteth that he attendeth on us who proveth to us he who saith i am the vine ye are the branches my father is the husbandman see in this psalm also both are declared to us both are proved to us he hath already said that we possess him blessed is the nation whose god is the lord whose is this farm his whose is that his whose is this let us so speak of god let us say whose he is and as answer is wont to be made to us when we inquire concerning certain farms and estates that are fine and very pleasant he is a senator and he is called so and so whose is that property and we say blessed is that man so if we should ask whose is this god there is a blessed nation whose he is for the lord is their god and not as that senator possesses his farm but is not possessed by his farm so also the god of this nation wherefore we ought to labor that we may be his but either of them possesseth the other ye have heard that a nation possesseth him blessed is the nation whose god is the lord hear how he also possesseth it and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance nation blessed in its possession inheritance blessed in its possessor and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance verse thirteen the lord looketh from heaven he beholdeth all the sons of men all in this place so receive as to understand all of that nation who possess that inheritance or who are that inheritance for they themselves are god's inheritance even all of them hath the lord looked upon from heaven and he hath seen them who said when thou wast under the fig tree i saw thee 
he saw him because he had mercy on him. Wherefore, oftentimes praying mercy, we say to a man, Look upon me, and of him that despiseth thee, what sayest thou? He seeth me not. There is then a seeing of him that hath mercy, and not seeing of him that punisheth. That looking upon sins is the punishment of sins, which sins he would not to be seen, who saith, Hide thy face from my sins. What he would to be overlooked, that he would not to be looked upon. Hide, saith he, thy face from my sins. When then he hath hidden his face from thy sins, will he not see thee? And wherefore saith he in another place, Hide not thy face from me. Let him then hide from thy sins, let him not hide from thee. Let him see thee, let him have mercy on thee, let him secure thee. The Lord looked from heaven, he regarded all the sons of men, all that belong unto the Son of Man. Verse 14. From his prepared habitation, from that which he hath prepared for himself, he looked upon us from the apostles, he looketh upon us from the preachers of the truth, he looked upon us from the angels whom he sent unto us. All these are his house, all these are his habitation, for all these are the heavens which declare the glory of God. He beheld all the sons of men from his prepared habitation. He looked upon all the inhabitants of the earth. These are the same, they are his. It is that blessed nation whose God is the Lord. It is that people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance, for he is throughout all lands, and not only in one part. He looked upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Verse 15. He hath fashioned their hearts singly. By the hand of his grace, by the hand of his mercy, he hath fashioned hearts. He formed our hearts. He fashioned them singly, giving to us, as it were, single hearts, which yet destroy not unity. As all our members are formed singly, have their operations singly, and yet live in the unity of the body, the hand doth what the eye doth not, the ear hath a power which neither the eye nor the hand hath, Yet all working together in unity, and the hand, and the eye, and the ear, do different things, and yet are not opposed to one another. So also in the body of Christ, single men, like single members, enjoy each their own gifts, because he who hath chosen the people for his own inheritance, hath fashioned their hearts singly. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing. Wherefore, because he fashioned their hearts singly, but as in our members there are diverse operations, but one health, so in all the members of Christ are diverse gifts, but one grace, he fashioneth their hearts singly. He understandeth all their works. What is understandeth? Seeth in secret and inwardly, thou hast in a certain psalm, understand my crying, for there is no such need as of words that any thing may come to the ears of God. Seeing in secret is called understanding. He spoke more expressly than if he should say, He seeth all their works, lest thou shouldest think that those works are then seen when thou seest the work of a man. A man seeth the act of a man by motion of the body, but God seeth the heart. Because then he seeth within, it is said, He understandeth all their works. Two men give to the poor. One seeketh his reward in heaven, the other the praise of men. Thou in two seest one thing, God understandeth too. For he understandeth what is within, and knoweth what is within. Their ends he seeth, 
their base intentions, he seeth, he understandeth all their works. Verse 16. A king shall not be saved by much strength. Unto the Lord must we all, and God are we all. Be God thy hope, be God thy strength, be God thy firmness, thy supplication let him be, thy praise let him be, thy end in which thou rest let him be, thy succour when thou laborest let him be. Hear the truth, a king shall not be saved by much strength, neither shall a giant be saved by much strength. A giant is any proud man lifting up himself against God, as though he were something in himself and by himself. Such an one is not saved by much strength. But he hath a horse, large, spirited, strong, swift. Can he, if any evil threaten, deliver him quickly out of danger? Let him not be deceived. Let him hear what followeth. Verse 17. A horse is a deceitful thing for safety. Understood ye what was said. A horse is a deceitful thing for safety. Let not thy horse promise thee safety. If he promise thee, he will lie. For if God will, thou wilt be freed. If God will not, thy horse falling, thou wilt fall from a greater height. Therefore, think it not said, a horse is a deceitful thing for safety, as though a just man were deceitful for safety, because just men, as it were, tell lies for safety. For it is not written, equus, which word is derived from equity, but equus, a quadruped. This the Greek version sheweth, and evil beasts, men who seek to themselves occasions of lying, are refuted, when the scripture saith, The mouth that lieth slayeth the soul, and thou shalt destroy all them that speak leasing. What then is this? A horse is a deceitful thing for safety. A horse lieth to thee when it promiseth safety. Doth the horse speak to any one and promise safety? But when thou seest a horse well made, of great strength, and possessed of great speed, all these things, as it were, promise thee safety from it, but they deceive, if God guard thee not. A horse is a deceitful thing for safety. A horse also take figuratively. For any greatness of this world, any honor unto which thou ascendest proudly, the higher thou goest, not only so much the more lofty, but so much the more safe thou thinkest thyself, but falsely. For thou knowest not how he may cast thee down, dash the more heavily and more loftily thou wast carried. A horse is a deceitful thing for safety. In the abundance of his strength, shall he not be saved? And whereby shall he be saved? Not by might, not by strength, not by power, not by glory, not by a horse. Whereby then? Whither shall I go? Where shall I find whence I may be saved? Seek not long, seek not far. Verse 18. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon them that fear him. Ye see that these are the same whom he beholds from his habitation. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon them that fear him upon them that hope in his mercy, not in their own merits, not in strength, not in fortitude, not in a horse, but in his mercy. Verse 19. To deliver their souls from death. He promiseth eternal life. What in this our travel? Doth he desert us? See what follows. And to keep them alive in famine. The time of famine is now. The time of plenty shall be hereafter. He who in the famine of this corruption deserteth us not, when made immortal, how shall he not satisfy us? But while it is the time of famine, we must bear, we must endure, we must persevere even to the end. Now must all be run, because both the way is plain, and we must consider what we carry. The spectators in the amphitheater are happily still in their madness, and sit in the sun, and we, even if we stand, are yet in the shade. 
more useful and more beautiful is what we behold. Let us behold the beautiful and be beheld by the beautiful. Let us behold in mind those things which are declared in the sense of the divine scriptures, and let us rejoice in such a spectacle. But who is our spectator? Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their souls from death, and to keep them alive in famine. But for endurance of travel, while there is famine, and while we wait by the way to be refreshed, lest we faint, what is imposed upon us? Or what ought we to profess? Verse 20. Our soul shall be patient for the Lord. Securely shall it wait for him, mercifully promising, mercifully and truly performing, and until he perform, what must we do? Our soul shall be patient for the Lord. But what if in that patience we shall not endure? Nay, we shall surely endure, for he is our helper and defender. He assisteth in battle, he protecteth from the heat, he deserteth thee not. Bear thou, endure thou. He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And what when thou hast endured, when thou hast been patient, when thou hast come even to the end, what shall be given thee? For what reward dost thou endure? Why dost thou so long suffer such hardships? Verse 21. For our hearts shall rejoice in him, and we have trusted in his holy name. Hear hope, that there thou mayest rejoice. Hear hunger and thirst, that there thou mayest feast. He hath exhorted to all things, he hath filled us with the joy of hope, he hath proposed to us what we should love, in what only and by what only we should presume, after this cometh a prayer, short and salutary. Verse 22. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, and upon what merit, according as we have hoped in thee. To some I have been burdensome, I perceive it. For some again I have finished my discourse even too soon, and this also I perceive. Let the weak pardon the stronger, and let the stronger pray for the weaker. Let us all be members in one body, from our head let us grow. In him is our hope, and in him is our strength. Let us not hesitate to exact from the Lord God mercy. He willeth it to be exacted of him. For he will not be troubled while it is exacted, or at all straitened, like one from whom thou seekest what he hath not, or of which he hath but little, and feareth to give lest he have too little. Wouldst thou know how God giveth thee mercy? Do thou give charity? Let us see if it come to an end, while thou givest it. What riches then is there in the Most High himself, if such can be in his image? Therefore, brethren, above all things I exhort you to this charity, not only towards yourselves, but also towards those who are without, whether they still be pagans, not yet believing in Christ, or divided from us, with us confessing the head, though severed from the body. Let us lament them, brethren, as though our brethren. Will they, nil they, our brethren they are. Then will they cease to be our brethren, when they shall cease to say, Our Father. Of some, said the prophet, to them who say unto you, Ye are not our brethren, say ye, ye are our brethren. Look around, of whom could he say this? Whether of pagans? No. For we call not them brethren according to the scriptures, and the ecclesiastical mode of speaking. Of the Jews who believe not in Christ? Read the apostle, and see that when he saith, Brethren, without any addition, he willeth to be understood none but Christians. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. When he spoke of marriage, he called a Christian man or woman a brother or sister. Again he saith, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? 
and in another place, Ye do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. They then, who say, Ye are not our brethren, call us pagans. And therefore do they wish to rebaptize us, saying that we have not that which they give. Whence followeth their error to deny that we are their brethren? But why said the prophet unto us, Say ye, ye are our brethren, except because we acknowledge in them that which we repeat not. They then, by acknowledging our baptism, deny that we are their brethren. We, by not repeating theirs, but acknowledging it ours, say unto them, Ye are our brethren. Let them say, What seek ye us? What would ye with us? Let us answer, Ye are our brethren. Let them say, Depart from us. We have no concern with you. We certainly have concern with you. We confess one Christ, in one body, under one head, we ought to be. Why then seekest thou me, saith one, if I am lost? A great absurdity, a great madness. Wherefore should I seek thee, unless because thou art lost? If then I am lost, saith he, how am I thy brother? That it may be said to me of thee, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. Therefore, brethren, we adjure you by the very bowels of that love, by whose milk we are nourished, by whose bread we are strengthened, even by Christ our Lord, by his mercy I adjure you. For it is time that we should shew toward them great charity, abundant mercy, in praying God for them, that he would give them again sober sense, that they may repent, and see that they have nothing at all to say contrary to the truth. There remaineth to them naught but only the weakness of animosity, which is so much the more weak, as it thinketh that it hath more strength. For the weak, for the carnally wise, for the animal and carnal, yet for our brethren, celebrating the same sacraments, though not with us, yet the same, responding the same amen, though not with us, yet the same. For them pour forth the marrow of your charity unto God. For somewhat have we done in counsel for their good, which that I should explain to you now, the time sufficeth not. Wherefore I exhort you that with more alacrity and in greater numbers, for our brethren, not now, present, will hear you, ye come together tomorrow at the church of Triclae. End of Psalm 33, Second Exposition.